0: Welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. Well, uh, thank you again for the opportunity to continue our conversation. Started last week, uh, resuming our ongoing uh, exploration of the book of Revelation. Uh, And again, just to underline, this is not some uh, mystical uh, looking into the future mirror, glass, crystal ball, right? Uh, it is a revelation of Jesus, and the goal here is to encourage the people of God who are undergoing unspeakable challenges and difficulties, that Jesus is right there with them, that Jesus is, has got this, that he's got them, that while they might be hurt by the circumstances of their lives and by how people respond to them, they will not be ultimately harmed. That He has um, brought them before the throne, and that is where they will, before the throne of God, and that is where they will, will end up. That's where we ended last week with this awareness. And, and the question now becomes, you know, and again, we want to look at this what is, what is Jesus doing? in this current cultural moment that we, we live in. And, of course, this is a, a challenging time for us as a nation uh, as we head into and are now part of this most tendentious uh, political season that I can ever remember. Uh, and uh, so we want to invite you to a, a conversation here uh, on November the 1st uh, between Darren and myself starting at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, and we would invite you to join us. You can sign up on the on the web uh, page and send your questions in. We're just going to have a conversation about how do we think politically, because the church has to be political, has to be part of the conversation that is going on as we have determined how to order ourselves together. That's what politics means. We can't be partisan. We can't be one side or the other because no side is big enough to encompass the totality of the kingdom of God, which is our primary citizenship. So it's that that's going to inform that conversation, and I hope that you're able to, to join us for that. Uh, but now in the meantime, we are looking at this challenging book of, of, uh, uh, of, of Revelation uh, that John is writing to the churches of Asia Minor that made sense to them using language that they would be able to understand as a, an encouragement, as a challenge, as a comfort, uh, as, a, as a kind of sometimes a poke with a bit of a sharp stick to say, come on, church, you've got to get this right because you are in the world for a purpose. And as we turn the corner uh, to the answer to the prayers for justice, as I said last week, it's about to get real. Uh, justice, uh, it, it, it's, it's like we, we pray for it and then when it starts to unfold in the dramatic fashion that it is here, uh, we begin to say, whoa, Lord, have mercy. That's the heart uh, of the disciple of Jesus. So we pick it up. I'm, I'm going to risk again reading these chapters. I want you to hear the word of the Lord. What I say about them is not the word of the Lord. <laughs> this is. Uh, And as we turn the corner, I will maybe say this, we're about to get into PG-13 edging towards uh, an adult hearing. So if you have a real vivid imagination, uh, you might want to find some ways to soften some of these images, uh, because John is using this graphic novel approach and literary structure that is part of apocalyptic uh, to um, Convey some things uh, that that would be impossible for him to convey with simple um, descriptors, even literal descriptors, which is not what he's doing here. So, at the end of chapter seven, we had this celebration of the people of God gathered in a number unnumberable crowd uh, that that is worshiping and celebrating, who have come through the pains and the problems of the tribulations of the previous. 2,000 years now, uh, and now we pick up at verse 1 of chapter uh, 8. We have seen uh, the seals begin to unpack, and now we pick up the seventh seal, which leads us into a, a series of others. When he opened the seventh seal, when the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashings of lightning, and an earthquake. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood. It was hurled down on the earth. A third Of the earth was burned up a third of the trees were burned up all the green grass was burned up the second angel sounded his trumpet something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea a third of the sea turned into blood a third of the living creatures in the sea died a third of the ships were destroyed and the third angel sounded his trumpet and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and the springs of water. The name of that star is Wormwood and the third of the waters turned bitter. And many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark, a third of the sky was without light a third of the night, and I watched and I heard an eagle flying in midair call out to thee in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts yet to be sounded by the other three angels. Then the fifth angel sounded his trumpet and I saw a star that had fallen to the sky, fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. And when he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss and out of the smoke locusts came down on the earth. And were given power like that of the scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the, harm, uh, uh, the, excuse me. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not allowed to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death and not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle on their heads. They wore something like crowns of gold and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like a woman's hair, their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails with stingers like scorpions. And in their tails, they had the power to torment people for five months. They had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek is Apollyon, destroyer destruction. The first woe was passed, two other woes are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet and I heard a voice coming from the four horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had sounded the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was twice, 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. The horses, the riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, yellow with sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions. Out of their mouths came fire, smoke, sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes having heads with which they inflict injury. Now the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. They did not repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, their thefts. And it stops there. Now this is obviously part way through a much longer narrative. Candidly, my heart can only take so much. So Darren's going to pick it up and fix what I break this week, next week, because this continues to roll on. Uh, But you see in that last verse the point of all of this. So as we've mentioned up to this point, the roller coaster has been riding to the top of the highest point on the roller coaster, and it's just about to peek over, and we pick it up here at verse 1, and that seventh seal is open, and the very first thing, just as we're beginning to crest the top and ready to head down, is that it stops, and there's silence for half an hour. The silence is for the hearing of the prayers. The silence is for the cessation of the worship to prepare. This is a a brace yourself. This is a get ready moment in which God is listening now to the prayers of the people through the ages, the prayers of those last week under the altar, the prayers and the worship of the people. He's hearing it. We find in verse 3 that the angel with the golden censer, with the incense, this symbol of the prayers of the people, mixing them, purifying the prayers of the people, bringing them before the Lord, letting that incense uh, ascend, letting the prayers ascend. You want to be very clear on this, it seems to me, that our prayers for justice will be answered. It might take a while. In, in Luke chapter 18, Jesus wonders if anybody will be left praying for justice. But if we persist in it, if we continue to press in for justice, to make it our prayer, make it our hearts cry, we can be sure our prayers are part of this. If you ever want to know what happens to our prayers when we pray them, here's what happens to them. They are gathered up. They are taken seriously. They are heard in the heavens and they are acted on. And now sometimes we might wonder if we were as intent as we could and should have been praying for mercy in the middle of this justice because what breaks out is horrific, it is terrifying. And John, using every ounce of his power as a literary genius under the anointing of the Spirit in this graphic novel approach with scenes shifting in and out, tries to say to us something. Again, don't get stuck in the numbers and what they mean and the literal this. That's not the point. Get the big picture of what he's saying as this this, this golden censer filled with the prayers of the people of God comes down over the ramparts of heaven if you will and crashes on the earth and prayer gets answered by this reversed thunder as eugene peterson calls it quoting george herbert and the trumpet sound trumpets in that ancient world are about warning it's about the, the 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 things are about to get serious the enemy is on the way challenges are approaching and the trumpet sound so these seven angels sounding these seven tru- please notice This is not finally judgment. That's still yet to come. This is warning that judgment is on its way. And listen to the power of the warning as this first angel sounds its trumpet. We see this horror breaking out a third of the earth, a third of the trees, a a second angel, a third of the sea, a third of the living creatures in the sea, a third of the ships. These numbers again, are just, it's not that we count them one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, it's, it's not that. It's this, this, this picture, this portrait of the horror that happens when God acts to answer the prayers for justice. Not just ours, but those of the earth. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah crying out for justice. God goes and verifies that the cry of the city is true. And when he determines that it is, judgment falls. Our horror at this, I'm trying to think of how to say this, we do not take sin as seriously as God does. To the degree that we're horrified at what sin costs the world, we ought be. But it ought cause us to say, oh man, this sin, like I've said to you before, it's not a parking ticket. It's not a speeding ticket. It is devastating to us and to everything around us. It damages and destroys. Remember the diagnostic of chapter six and seven last week. So here's what happens when judgment falls to deal with what we have done to this earth. And on it goes. A third of the rivers, a third of the springs of water turned bitter. This pollution. A lot of this is 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 consequential. A lot of this is 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 what happens when the system. We've seen this happen, haven't we? In 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 the last several months, what happens when the earth starts to turn against us? These super hurricanes, these super weather events, the fires in in up and down the west coast. We get a sense of what happens when nature says. I'm, I'm not going to play nice anymore. You have mistreated nature, and a lot of that is, is, is circling around in, in, in here, this catastrophic imagery when nature turns on its abusers. And again, no people yet as such. Uh, a, a, an angel now sounds in verse 13, and this threefold woe is again this, whew, Hang on, you think you've seen it now? It's like we've crested the roller coaster, we're coming down and it feels just heart-stopping and we're not even we're not even at the steepest part of the ride yet. We're 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 just kind of getting warmed up and there's this flashing sign that says "Whoa, whoa, whoa, pay attention." And the first whoa is this star that falls and 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 the key to the abyss, the key to hell. We don't take hell seriously either. We don't take the abyss seriously. We don't take our enemy, spiritual enemies seriously, but God does. And it's as if he's saying, you, you really want the abyss to be in charge? You really want to structure your world with the values of darkness? Well, let me show you what happens when darkness has its way with you. And he unlocks the abyss and smoke just billows out. And out of the smoke come these terrifying creatures, these locusts. You hear the echo back to the plagues of Egypt that just decimate the description of these. is This is the stuff of nightmares. As he, and, and we've tried, so many of us over the years have tried to, oh, this is Black Hawk helicopter. No, it's not helicopters. It's a vision of, of, of John trying to portray for his audience w- w- the horror. I mean, you, you've seen the guys with the silly t-shirts, you know, heaven doesn't want me and hell is afraid I'll take over. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You don't understand the first thing about the abyss. If you think you're going to take over, Look, how are you against tens of thousands of locusts with the power of a scorpion to sting and torment for five months? You're going to take? I don't think so. We haven't taken it seriously enough. But God does. And He invites us now to look in the mirror of, of what we are, are, are choosing. This world that has laughed at the reality of spiritual darkness is now exposed to it. But notice, mercy again, this is all going someplace, mercy again. People with the seal of God, please notice, they're still here. They're experiencing this catastrophic collapse, but they're not to be touched. Other people are to be touched. Remember, plagues of Egypt, children of Israel are watching devastation happen all around them but they are not touched by it. The limitation, you don't kill them. Five months, that's a long time. Five months of wishing to die, but not being able to die. Notice what he's trying to do here. He's trying to tell us this is a big deal. You don't want to be on the wrong side of those locusts. And the description that he unpacks there, finally says they have a king. (laughs) His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, destruction. In Greek, Apollyon, destroyer, same word. That's what he does. That's what the king of the abyss does. He destroys. This is not some flirtation. He will do it by testing. He will do it by tempting. He will do it by terror. He will do it by whatever means are available to him, but his tasks is still the same. He's the destroyer. He's oppositional to everything that is life. And that's just the first of the three woes. Two more are yet to come. And now for anybody who was raised in the ancient Near East, as these people were, who had the history of that region in mind, they begin to quake in their boots as the four angel, the sixth angel sounds, and four angels, um, four horns from the, uh, excuse me, the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Euphrates is the kind of the epicenter of the Assyrian Babylonian. Uh, empire that devastated Israel and Judah back in the Old Testament. So this is symbolic, not of that specific geographical location from which these are coming, but to significant of an army of, of warriors that is uh, un, uh, unmatched in its horror, unmatched in its power. And they are, they are, are released to kill a third of mankind, and, and the horses they ride, are, are described in these horrific ways. breastplates of, uh of uh, the, the uh, fiery red and dark blue and yellow as sulfur, and the heads uh, of, like lions, and fire and smoke. You get the image. John is just running out of words. He's just trying as best he can to say, you don't want to be on the wrong side of this. The, only the, the, the people with the seal of God are protected from this horror. Judgment is now in full swing, and it's not, it's, we're, not, we're not at the end yet. This is just the beginning. We're not even at the steepest part of the roller coaster yet. There is this political and military disaster that looms large as, as this vision unpacks. And then he lands with this pause in verse 20. The rest of mankind who were not killed... Did they learn anything from the plagues, from the sky darkening, from the earthquakes, from the horror of pollution? No. They didn't repent. They didn't stop worshipping the demons, the idols of gold. They felt, apparently, as long as it's not me, as long as it's them, I'm probably still okay. They didn't turn. That's the point of all of this in chapter seven. It's not it's not impossible yet to repent. It's not impossible yet in the horror that is unfolding. It's not too late. Come on, turn, repent, leave the murders, the magic arts, the sexual immorality, the thievery, leave it. And the deep and heartbreaking tragedy, they didn't. And if I could just say, if you're listening in on this, I'm going to invite you again and again and again to follow me, to follow the church in repentance and turning to Jesus, because as we've learned here, it's getting real. And John is not interested in giving us a countdown clock ticking towards midnight. Jesus is very clear on this. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how this is going to go down. Be ready. Be ready. Orient yourself to what is deeply true about Jesus. Become a disciple of Jesus, following him. Get that seal, if you will. Join the army of worshipers because you don't want to be on the wrong side of this judgment when it occurs. And then the second piece, if, if I can just put this in, I don't know if you guys are like me on this. I suspect you are. But as you read this, I, my heart just breaks for those on the wrong side of this judgment. And I find it in my heart to pray, Oh Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. You know how to balance the justice and mercy in a way that I haven't a clue. So Lord, have mercy. This is why it's important for us to be the church in this moment. We are more needed now when the wheels come off, not so that we can escape harm, but so that we can be in the middle of things and be a redemptive, helpful presence as folks try and make sense of the crazy that has become their lives. That's our role. Next week, it's going to get worse. Uh, But I do invite you to come because we're not at the end of the story yet. Remember, in every great story, you got to get to the bottom before you can rise up, up to the top. So this is where we're going. invite you to join us. Let me pray. Oh Lord, uh, this, is, uh, this is really hard. And uh, my mind is filled with hundreds of questions on what in the world is going on here, but the, 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 the central thrust of it is not at all unclear. This is what judgment looks like. And the purpose of it up to this point is to drive us to repentance. So, I pray, Lord, that you would give us courage to repent. Amen. I bless your friends. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit garden.church.